The following was recorded at New Church in Ventura, California. Pastor Jesse Giglio is speaking. This, uh, this past number of weeks, we've been kind of pushing through the book of Corinthians, first, first letter of Corinthians. I, don't know, I think we're giving it a good shot. We're not getting into every detail. We're kind of getting an overview and, 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 and poking through some things and seeing what we can see. And so we're moving into the, sort of the end of that book. And, but this, this week's chapter 12, and, and, and probably just 12, maybe 13, but it has to do with this, this idea of, of spiritual gifts. And it's funny when some people, br- when you bring that up, because a few people ask me, what are you teaching on this weekend? Like, well, you know, Corinthians 12, spiritual gifts. Like, oh, man, that's a loaded one. And I'm like, I don't really feel that way. I, it doesn't sort of bother me to walk through the spiritual gifts. And sometimes we've built up this thing around it that it's, 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 it's more difficult than it, than it needs to be. And we're not going to answer every single question this, this afternoon and, and dive through everything. But we want to look at this sort of letter, this sweeping letter. When Paul hits these ideas, the people knew what he was talking about. But it's not one of those things like, okay, let's just talk about the text and try to understand it. Even if we don't understand it fully, it, it doesn't have to be a major divisive issue. And Paul's, one of his number one priorities of this letter was unity. So the, so the issues he's, he's dealing with and bringing up, it's, it's to bring unity. It's not to create division. So in this idea of spirituality or, or the spiritual or, or the gifts, it's, it's not, man, it was the last thing that Jesus had in mind when he sent these helps to us is that it would split the church. It, it, it's, it's crazy. These things are, are useful for the church, and they bring the church together. And so we're looking through this, this, this letter. To this group, when they read this stuff, they, they kind of had an understanding of it that sometimes we don't we take for granted. Uh, I think in our culture, we're maybe not as spiritual as some other cultures as far as just the general sort of street comfort with things of the spirit. Uh, sometimes they're a little taboo or they're scary. We're not raised that way. But, but I think we all know it's there. And it's sort of as, as a baseline, you know, for, if you're in this space today, you have some sense that there's something greater than just flesh and blood, right? We're, we're involved in spirit. There's something spiritual. And even for people outside the church, uh, you know, particularly out here in, in California and, and those who are nations, like they, there's a sense of like, man, there's something else happening. There's something else going on. And we kind of want to lean into that. There is something else going on in our day-to-day as the church works out, as we have conversations. And what are these, these expressions of the Spirit that, that can, then can help us along? Last, uh, last night I had a just fun opportunity to get down to L.A. for a night with um, some friends, Seth Niles and some, some friends, and, and um, went to Disney concert halls. Anyone been to that Disney concert hall space? Just, just phenomenal space. It's one of those places I've, you know, I've walked by, I've driven by. It's just, just very futuristic, modern, space-age type structure designed by Frank Gehry, who's, who's done other little projects like the Guggenheim Museum. So it's like, it's like amazing. I mean, and it's right here in L.A., and, it, and it's just this breathtaking space that, that's not just for looks, but it's for function and, and, and for sound and, and for pulling people together and, and, and community. And I went down to see a show there, and it's just, uh, this did not disappoint getting inside these, 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 even the hallways and the stairs, and you get inside this chamber where it's, you know, multiple stories, and there's a place for the orchestra and for the music, and there's this really just fantastic folk singer we're listening to last night, telling stories and, 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 and playing music about love and, and loss and heartbreak, and there's, you know, a couple thousand people seated around in, in kind of the round, and, and you're just kind of all there together in this you know, just a steel wood building listening to music, but it was more than that. And if you've been in these moments, like, man, there's just something going on when the, when the artist steps away from the mic and just goes a cappella, and then the people in the audience start singing back. I mean, you could just sort of feel it, and there's just something else happening beyond just, oh, people were singing in a the building. There's something going on. There's this other, other sort of dimension that we tap into 
that we, we experience in, in, in the church, hopefully, and people outside the church, but we're not always comfortable with it in our daily lives. And formation of the church, Paul is like, he speaks to these things, like this is part of your every day. Like we need to be in tune with the spirit in our every day. We need to utilize these gifts in our every day. And I think we all know that some of us have that some of us have more maybe more spiritual sensitivity than others. Some of us are kind of growing into it. Some are some of us are afraid of it or don't even know where to begin. But if we go back to even those moments where you just know something else is going on. I mean, I don't know how many times I've had a conversation with someone in passing, and all of a sudden it hits me like, wow, oh, this isn't just a conversation. There's something happening here. There's something else going on. There's something more to this. These passing moments, like, man, something, something's happening here, and you could sense a little bit of a move of, of, of the Spirit, which sometimes is just a whisper. It's a little prodding. Sometimes you have that just walking on the beach. Like, you're just walking on the beach, or there's a sunset, and you're like, something dawns on you. You're up, up in the mountains. I mean, I have these experiences uh, often if I get out to nature, like, my gosh, there's something more to this situation right now. There's something, something speaking to me. And I think we've all sort of felt this, and, and if you're far off from things of the Spirit or, or feel like you practice it a lot, or we, we feel this sense that's, that's sort of like in your gut or your heart. You know, like gut feeling, that heart feeling? The gut and the heart are not responsible for those things. Those organs do not function that way. They don't do those things. That's not what they're there for. There's something else going on. And so for us, even sort of as a baseline, can we, can we, you know, we, can we agree there's something more going on? I don't think this proposes this is a difficult conversation with the church, but maybe, maybe you're like, I don't know. There's something more going on. Corinthians 12 goes, goes like this. It starts out, starts out this way. Now, about spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be ignorant. You know that when you were pagan, somehow or other, somehow or other, you were influenced and led astray to mute idols. Therefore, I tell you that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus be, Jesus be cursed. No one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but the same God works all of them through all men. And so when he's addressing this, this church here, opening up this idea of the spiritual, the spiritual gifts, they kind of knew what he was talking about. It wasn't like, oh, okay, well, let's go back and figure that out. Like, it's part of how they lived as, as the church. And this translation, we, 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 we use spiritual gifts and that that works, but really the word is, is pneumaticus, and it just means spiritual. This word of spiritual gifts, it just means a spiritual. So when Paul jumps in this chapter 12, it says, now about spiritual gifts, he says, now about spiritual, because if you've been with us any time over the past number of, of weeks or months, he's moving from what was carnal, immorality, drunkenness, incest, he's moving from carnal conversation, says, now concerning the spiritual. So there's a shift in tone in this chapter from Paul to these people who would have got that, like, okay, we've done that. Now we're going to talk about something else. And spirit is pneuma, so, so spirit is pneuma. And, and this, this kind of word where we, where we find the gifts is charisma uh, or charismata, which we're familiar with the charisma even as a word. And it really has to do with grace. And so we talk about spiritual gifts, they're a, they're, a, they're a grace, they're an expression of the Holy Spirit in us. It's given to us of, of, of not of our design or of will, but it's a gracious act of the Spirit to move in us and for the betterment of the church and for the betterment of others. And so these gifts, when we talk about the spiritual gifts, they're manifestations of the Spirit, and, and we'll see in the text, it says, for the common good. Now to each one, verse 7, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common Good. It, it, it's for the good. These are acts of grace given from the Spirit, right, through, through Jesus for the common good. And, and, and what, do we, what we all want to do, do today, hopefully a little bit, is just take a little bit of any mystery. Some of us get, get caught up in the mystery of that and kind of diffuse that. 
So when this was written and when Jesus set this stuff up and it was on its way, it made, it made all the sense. It wasn't a, diff, it wasn't a difficult, difficult passage. These were not difficult concepts that there was lots of argument and division over. And Paul's challenging them, like, well, let's test how you lean into the Spirit because they're coming from a, a largely polytheistic background and lots of idols and lots of gods. And here's this test. Like, if you can say it's Jesus is Lord, then you're good. And, and if you curse Jesus, it's probably not good. Like, and remember, Paul's, like, talking to a bunch of two-year-olds here. So, like, if they're saying curse Jesus, probably not good. Let's not listen to that guy. And then he goes on to talk about some of these gifts. Now, to each one, a manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one there is given the Spirit, the message of wisdom, another message of knowledge by means of the same same spirit, to another faith by the same spirit, to another gifts of healing by that one spirit. So he's repeating himself, hey, this is the same thing. Just because that guy's that way, that way and that guy's that way and they're doing that. Like, same God, guys, same spirit, same place. It's coming from the same source. Another gift of faith, another gift of healing by uh, another gift of prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, to still other, another interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same spirit. And he gives them to one as he each as he determines again for the common good when jesus left he was saying I'm, hey we're going to build the church i'm going to take care of that you guys go make disciples go love one another move into cities teach people what i taught you and that could have seemed really scary we actually looked at this like months ago like man jesus like now we have to do that job jesus was awesome just hey don't worry though you don't have to do it all yourself i'm going to send help particularly in those areas that you're really scared about i'm going to send help and it's going to be okay, we're going to lean into those things, and that's going to ensure that this church can get off the ground and go. Jesus walks away, doesn't send help. We're not here today. We're not here today. We don't make it. But I'm going to send a helper. The Holy Spirit's going to help. And so through, this, through the Spirit, this is grace. These gifts pop out, and, and from other passages, there's, there's teaching, administration, the apostles, there's prophecy. You know, th- there's these different expressions within the church. Speaking in tongues, that's really tends to benefit sort of the one person, but sometimes the body. Lean into these things. Use these things. They're from one spirit. They're good for you. They're for the common good. Don't miss that. He addresses this in Romans. Again, he addresses it in Ephesians. First Peter brings these, these gifts up. Explore these gifts. It says at the end of this chapter, desire, desire these gifts. Years ago, I worked in, living in Hawaii, and I started a, owned a small business, an awning, awning business, sort of a trade, Honolulu Awning Company, and, uh, but occasionally I come into other work, so you're out of people's houses, or apartments, or businesses, and, and measurement, looking at things, and people say, hey, do you know anyone who does this, or can you do that, and, and it's one particular house I was at, yeah, you know anyone who paints, and I was like, yeah, I mean, I know it's one of paints. I'm thinking I could probably paint. Let's, like, go take a look. So, like, hey, what, what are you thinking about? What, what are you working on? So we go up to their house, and this is old, like, plantation-style home, and go through some rooms. And it was kind of a, you know, a little bit run down, but, but had some beautiful bones to this house, and they were redoing it. They took me to some rooms, like, man, we really want to do, redo these rooms. And these rooms, these bedrooms had, like, this old, like, late 70s, early 80s wallpaper, like, really printed wallpaper. And it's kind of peeling off the walls. And I went over to one sort of section. I was like, oh, yeah, like, you can do this, clean this up, and, and paint these rooms. So I said, yeah, I can do that. And I, I, you know, I figured I could hire somebody, and I'll just sub it out. And, and I said, yeah, whatever, I have time, so I'll, I'll just take on this job. And, you know, go back to the house and, and get, get the supplies and, you know, peel off one of the pieces of wallpaper. And then, like, the next piece of the wallpaper didn't come off so easy. 
And I was like, oh, dang it. Like, and it's like coming off, you know, some of those stickers that are really hard to get off stuff. It's just like one piece at a time. It's like on a glass or like your car window. And like you're, you're hoping to get one big piece. It's like, oh, my God. It's just like scraping fingernails. This wallpaper is not going anywhere. It, it's like merged to the walls of the house. And like I was like, the deeper I scraped, the more wall that came off with it. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to have to patch that. And it was just, it was just a, a, a bit, bit of despair, thinking like I already took, took deposit on this. I can do it, it's just not going to be fun, and it's going to take me a long time, and it's going to be really difficult, and I labored out probably for a day, uh, got through maybe barely, you know, half a room where I was hoping to get done, at least done painting a full room, and I'm just, get solution on, I'm just trying to do whatever I can to get this stuff off, and it was just miserable. I call, uh, I call, I think my dad, I, I think it was my dad, we was talking about something else, I'm doing this job, and it's like, this wallpaper is driving me crazy. He's like, oh, man, you got to get a paper tiger. I'm like, what? I'm like, yeah, just get a paper tiger, tiger to be easy. I'm like, like, I need a real tiger, dude, like, to eat me so I don't have to do this job. I don't, I don't know what a paper tiger is, but I don't know if that's going to help. I like, go to the hardware store, get this paper tiger, and it'll change your, change your world. I'm like, all right. Go to the hardware store. Didn't even know what a paper tiger was. Didn't really want to say it out loud in case my dad was making it up. Or something he called it, you know, like sometimes our families or parents ha- say things that aren't really what other people call them. So I'm, like, trying to look around, and I'm like, Sure enough, in the painting area, there's this paper paper tiger, and it's this kind of handheld perforating machine that's like on a wheel, and it spins around, and it punches little holes in wallpaper so that when you put this solution on there, it, it pulls off the stuff easy. So you know, creates all these little punctures in the wallpaper so, you can, so the solution can get in, and you can peel it off. And I'm like, all right. So I bought two of them. I'm like, yeah, this is going to be great. I mean, run the paper tiger on the wallpaper, put this sort of solution on there so it breaks down the glue, and like stuff's peeling right off the walls. And it was like amazing. It like changed my life. I still have paper tigers. I love the paper, paper tiger, right? Like I'm looking for a wallpaper to take down now. Like this is going to be awesome. Who's got wallpaper? But like I didn't even know about that thing. I didn't even know I had access to that thing. I didn't even know I just had to go to the store and get that thing, and it would make my job so much easier. And, it worked. and I think we can relate to those things where you just don't know something. All of a sudden, somebody tells you or gives you something like, oh, my gosh, that's so much easier. I mean, often in tech, right? I mean, how many of us labor with tech, a new phone, a computer? You're working around. Something's driving you crazy. Someone comes over like, oh, yes, hit these two buttons. You're like, hello, that took me like a half hour. That shortcut does that? Well, it just makes it go so much better. Even going up to the beach, up the coast here, you know, we've been we've a little somewhat familiar now, but I remember, like, moving up here, going up to the beaches up, up kind of the PCH, and, like, you pull over, you have to, like, boulder and climb, rock climb to get to the beach, right? There's all these giant boulders. It's dangerous, trying to get kids over. But going through a couple passages, someone's like, oh, you know, there's stairs right over there. I'm like, ah, oh, the stairs, yes. But, like, you don't know, and you can fight through these things. Like, yeah, I could have finished the job. I can get over, I can get through the tech, I can get over to the beach, but man, if there's a better way, if there's a helpful way, if there's an easier way that's been given and provided, man, use that. Use that. That is, that is something the early church didn't have an issue with. Like, man, heck yeah, we'll use the gifts all day. It really wasn't around to 350, 400 AD, they started to push back on it because the gifts were getting weird, and like, oh, we got to outlaw the gifts. But up until this point, it was like, you need these things. You're not smart enough. You're not good enough. You're not strong enough. You don't have what it takes on your own. Lean into these things. They're here for you. They're free. They come with, they come with the Spirit. If you accept Jesus, you get it. Like, it's yours. Just utilize it. But if we don't know, we don't know. And we live in these sort of ways that we put too much pressure on ourselves. Or maybe we don't see enough God activity in our lives. And we're like, I, 
are you looking for? Are you leaning into the Spirit? Are you asking, petitioning the Spirit? Man, move. Thinking about the gifts that you have, the expressions of grace in your life, where could they pop up? Even this afternoon, we're coming in and we're setting up some of these new chairs, and Josh and Noah are up, you know, up here finishing up their thing, and, and Josh said, I'll check out these new chairs. Like, and he's like, dang, these new chairs are nice. He's like, I always thought the old chairs were fine, because you sit in the old chair, and you're back to the old chairs, but, but you sit in like, okay, these are fine. They're just a chair, but he's like, oh, yeah, these, these chairs are much better. Some of you just don't know, and you kind of live in these these, these sort of little bit of discomfort, this little bit of rub. Lean into these, these, these gifts. You know, we'll spend more time on this, you know, in coming weeks. We'll lean into these gifts. And the first step is like, man, I need the gifts. I need the Spirit to move in my life. I need the grace of, of, of Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit to move in my life. When I inter- interact with my, with my friends, coworkers, strangers, my spouse, my family, I want to have, have wisdom. I want to have knowledge. I want to be able to, to give a word of prophecy for edification. I want to speak in tongues so, I can, so, I can, so the Spirit can move in me that way, even in a way I don't, I don't understand. And this early church, like, they weren't arguing these, these things. Like, man, how do we manage it a little better, maybe? But it wasn't so much of a hang-up. And he goes on uh, to talk about the body. So the body's a unit, talking about this, this church community. Body's a unit, though, is made up of many parts. And though all its parts are many, they form one body. So it is with Christ. For we were baptized by one spirit into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, slave or free. And we're all given one spirit to drink. And so he's kind of trying to push them back into unity. Remember, they're struggling. They're dividing. Anything they can divide over, they're dividing over. Right? And some people are just like that. They're divisive. Anytime they can pick an argument and fight and walk away, like, you're going to get that. And there's supposed to be people in this community because it's so, so unhealthy. Like, they're just picking things to fight over. And Paul's like, you've got to get back on track here. One spirit, one body, you're all on the same team. Everyone is needed. won't read it all today, but he talks about different parts of the body interacting. We need each one. We need the eyes and the feet. We need to care for certain parts of the body more than other parts of the body. It's like, you are all together. This is going to work best together. This is of Jesus. This is of Jesus. When we look at these gifts, he's, he's saying there's, there's something for everybody. I want you to hear that because some of us kind of know like my, your gifts or your role, and like oh, I function this way. I'm I'm, I'm good at th- I'm good at this. Some of us don't know. Maybe you don't feel like you even have that. Like I don't even know what my gift is. Like I took a spiritual gifts test and didn't really work. Like you have a gift. You have something to bring to the body. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. The the spirit bestows gifts on each and every one of us through his through his grace. You can contribute to the, for what it says in verse seven, the common good. So that's like the first step almost is realizing I have something to offer. That's not just a talent. That's not just flesh. That's not just hard work, but it is of God. It is a grace of the Holy Spirit moving through you. You have to believe that. I don't know how many of us believe that. Do you believe that? The Holy Spirit is moving, moving and can move through me to, 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 for the common good, for the advancement of the kingdom of heaven on earth. That's a powerful thing to believe about ourselves. God wants that. Paul wants them to get that. Even if you don't feel like you have something important, say like, it is all important. I think if you've been around the church, I mean, we, we obviously have certain positions that seem to elevate, like, well, I'm not that, and what am I going to do, right? Or if I'm not like a, a speaker and loud and eccentric and, and make lots of jokes, what can I do? Oh, you can pass out bulletins. That's why I'm a speaker. I hate passing out bulletins. I willed myself to become a speaker so I didn't get stuck passing out bulletins. But but, but we need people to pass up boldness. But, it, but sometimes it feels so limited. And just in the context of this space, but the church, we think about the New Testament church, yeah, they had meetings and gatherings, but man, they're, they're just busting at the seams out, in the, out on the streets. 
And so the church, when we talk about serving the church, the gifts, when you go out into the world, you leave here and you go to work tomorrow, like, you're still the church. You're part of even this church. And so the work you're doing, as the Spirit moves between Sundays, it's part of the movement of the church. That's awesome. This is fun. We like doing this. And man, it's when we get out there and, and see, what, see what God does, that, that can get really fun. And so the gifts of the church, not just for when we get together, but when you're out there and, and, and really in the real world, you are the church. And these gifts, these expressions are available to anyone, everyone in Christ. It's sort of just getting that call, like, hey, guys, there is a paper tiger out there. It'll make your life much better. Like, it's you can believe, like, oh, okay. Thank you, Dad. They're out there for you. They're, 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 those gifts are beautiful. And if you've been told something, maybe, and you just kind of need to reboot that, I, I'm for the spiritual gifts test. I think they can be helpful, but I'm not for sort of pigeonholing people into sort of a singular identity because some paper told them they were that. When the Spirit moves, he can pop up in any given situation. That's what's amazing. Even if you're not good at something, guess what? God can work through that. So don't, don't feel like you're limited. Like, oh, I'm just not that. Man, everyone can be, of all these things, it's, a, it's of one Spirit. It's of one Spirit. It's of one God. So he, this, you have access to all these things. In any given moment, this expression, this, this special grace can show up in your life and, and change you and those around you. He kind of finishes up this, this section, talking about the greater, the greater body, so each of you are part of it. And he says, if one, if one part suffers, verse 26, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. And he's talking to the unity. And, and, I, and, I, and I believe that when he's, he's sort of chastising this group a little bit, like, man, if people are suffering around you, they feel insecure or inadequate or left out or you've cut them off, that is bad for everybody. The whole body suffers. You can't just pull out the cool gifts that you like and get this group over here and then leave these people behind. It's, it's, it's not healthy for the body. We need each other. We will, we will rise and, and fall together. We will explore together. Everyone is valuable. I don't care what part of the body you are. I care what, how obscure of a part it is. We need all of it. You can't just take pieces out that don't seem useful. It will throw off the rest of the body. If you're a quiet introvert, I, it's, I'm, I'm really a quiet introvert. I've, I've learned to sort of live this way. We've heard that from you before. Like, I've, I wouldn't even thought about doing this in a million years, years ago. But you start to sort of stretch out and see what God can do. But you know what? We need quiet introverts. We need quiet introverts for other quiet introverts who will come in so they feel safe and not overwhelmed by loud, big people. We need servants. We need people to, to, to have compassion. We need people administratively. All these things, whatever those things are, we need all those. The body needs all of that. We, uh, we were up on a hike yesterday, went up to Two Trees. It's kind of a cool program running right now to, through one of the conservancies. Uh, you can sign up ahead of time and get on a Two Trees hike so you don't have to, you know, hop through the fence and tick off neighbors illegally. So there's this, these just curated little hikes going and um, I booked one a couple months, months ago, and so the, all of my family went up there, the five of us, and um, it's interesting, you know, it's obviously burned up, and it's not green and lush, but it's kind of cool to see, and you get up into the backcountry, but Two Trees is a pretty good hike. It's about a mile, but it's a lot, of, it's pretty steep, so it's a lot of ups and downs, and, you know, there's parts along the hike where you get up and they kind of stop, and people are tired, and we're, we're kind of moving with this group, and, yeah, we're all moving together, and he's checking each time, like, hey, are we all good? Can we all move on? Everybody good? We need, need, need another rest? All right, we'll rest, rest more. Can we make it here? Okay, cool, we'll make it here. Like, you don't just break up and people go on. Like, everyone goes up together. You know, even Cash, I mean, I don't think he, is he Cash in here? Yeah, like, I mean, Cash, we're up there. Like, even, like, we're at the home stretch, like, getting ready to summit, and it's pretty steep, and Cash is like, I'm not going on. Just leave me here to die. 
Like, we're not leaving you here to die. We're going to get you up, whatever we have to do. Right? There's this little girl with us who's kind of tired. I'm like, all right, if we have to pass the little girl around between us, we will get everybody up there because we need everybody. That's the body. I don't care who you are. I don't care who you think you are not. We need you. This body needs you. The kingdom of heaven on earth needs you. Jesus needs you. He needs you to be who you are in this thing, and that's why he sent this help. He's like, use the help. Look at these lists. Use the help. I'll put these things up this week. Go through the spiritual gifts. Like, okay, wow. I didn't know I didn't have to just do that on my own. There's a special expression of grace, of, of God's favor to do that. Believe that God uses every part of us. And I believe, and, and we believe as a church, and this is not something I'm arguing like the argument, of, because there's people who don't believe in it. I, that's, that's for somebody else. We, we believe in these things. I believe this is not just in the history books. The movement of the church is, is alive today through these, through these actions, through individuals like yourselves who will, who will push out and love one another and that the Spirit will move through. That's available to this body. And I wonder, like, what would it look like for us as a people to continue to give ourselves over to that? What's the Spirit doing in my life right now? Who am I supposed to be talking to? Who can I bring help to? What if when someone tells me they're, they're, they're sick or they're, they're aching, what if I say, can I pray for you and, and pray, for, pray for healing? What if I start to step into these moments of listening to that little whisper and tell someone, like, hey, I, I don't know if this makes sense to you, but and what would happen? And so we lean into these things, and we're going we're gonna to explore them in these, these kind of what-ifs, but as we kind of anchor in this text and really in the 2 Corinthians and other parts, at this time, it was, it was a built-in, like, yeah, we got to do this stuff. we got to rely on the Spirit in our lives. Otherwise, we don't have a chance. There's a chance to process. I think for some of us, like, I don't know. Maybe you just have some doubts about yourself and about your own abilities. And you know what? That's great. I have tons of doubts about my own abilities. Maybe you have doubts about what you can even do for other people. Like, all right, that's, that, yeah, those are great places to start. I have nothing. Like, oh, perfect. If you think you have nothing, you are in the right spot. It's when you think you have stuff that actually you get into trouble. All right, let's all start there. We have nothing. Let's see what God can put back in our lives. What are those acts that you can do? I don't know what it's talking about here, and, but out in your spaces of life with your family and people who are around you. It's being attentive to the Spirit, inviting the Spirit, saying, all right, like, I don't even know what I'm missing. I didn't even know I needed the paper tiger, but God, if I need that, I want it. Like, whatever that thing is. So God, thank you for who you are, Holy Spirit. We just invite you to, to continue to move here, come into this space right now. We just ask for that uh, just expression of your grace, Lord, upon us. We thank you for who you are, Lord Jesus. I thank you that when you sent disciples off, they did not have to do it on their own, as we do not have to do it on our own today. Thank you for the Holy Spirit. Thank you for the gifts. Thank you for these ex expressions in our lives, Lord. Help us to utilize them. And I pray for those who are suffering with doubt and just disbelief and just beating themselves up that they're not worth anything. Oh, Lord Jesus, love on them right now. Love on them right now, Jesus' name. The preceding was recorded at New Church in Ventura, California. Pastor Jesse Giglio was speaking. For more information about New Church, go to neuechurch.com. That website address again is neuechurch.com. Thanks for listening, and may God bless you and yours.